You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Hey friends, I feel like I have a treat for you today. Ever since I started this podcast, my friends keep telling me you have got to have Patty on. So here we are. We've worked all the details out and we're ready to jump right in. Patty, I bet we met 10 or 15 years ago, early in my homeschool journey. Your children are a bit older than mine. So you were one of the local homeschool heroes and mentor families. And I just want to publicly thank you for being a resource and an encouragement to so many. I know the work you've done has impacted a lot of families. And not only you, there's a reason I said that you were a mentor family, and that's because even your husband has been a great encourager. Mm -hmm. Well, will you just start us out by introducing your family to us? Sure. So um, I'm Patty Abel and been married to John for Uh, We'll be 35 years in March. We have four children. They are all grown. Both of the girls are married and our son, John, is married. Son, Sam, is not married yet. Uh, Leah, our oldest, she has five children and they live in Halsey, Oregon and are pastoring a church there. And our daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Daniel, have three little girls and they are in Corvallis, Oregon. And our son, John, is newly married to uh, Kimmy, and he's currently serving in the Marines and is overseas. So, and then Sam is here local in the Salem area and working for an engineering company. He's the youngest, isn't he? He's the youngest at at 28, I think. He's the youngest, yes. Right, right. Well, I wonder if you would give us quick glimpse into how you started homeschooling and that journey. Okay, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, Both my husband and I have uh, college degrees in business education. He was teaching in a public school on the McKenzie River when we met. Uh, We actually met on Oregon State campus. I was still in college, but um, we got married in 1988. And then When Leah, our oldest, was five, getting ready to go into kindergarten, uh, we had talked about homeschool, but our kids are close together in age. So Leah was four and a half when Sam was born, our youngest. So four kids, four and a half and down. uh, And I was thinking, okay, kindergarten's coming. I can at least only have three home. Yeah, those are busy years. Yes, yes, they were very busy. So most everybody recognizes that busyness when you have such young kids at home. So John said, well, you know what? I'm just going to talk with the elementary principal and see what the expectation is. Okay, so he did. Well, he comes home from work that night and he says, well, I met with the principal and I think that we're just going to homeschool. And I looked at him and I said, excuse me? (laughs) Uh, That wasn't what I was expecting to hear. And he said, yeah, in the course of the conversation, 
the expectation is one that they know nothing going in, which, okay, I, I get that. But on the exit plan, it was all mainly behavioral. Mm. And he said, I think we can do better. So I looked and I said, so who's going to be doing this homeschooling? You know, he kind of backtracked. We talked. I was not a real happy camper at that point. Well, you know, God has a way of working things around and using people to change your hearts. So I got a phone call from a friend of mine and I was bemoaning my situation to her. <laughs> and she said, man, if that had happened to me, I would do this, that, and the other to my husband. Well, I, as I was listening to her, the thought that was going through my mind was, oh, good grief. Um, I No, I can't do that. That would be totally against everything I've learned and I know to be right in mm-hmm. showing respect to my, to my husband. And it was, it was kind of an aha moment. It's like, okay. Mm. So then I finished that conversation rather abruptly at that point. And, and I just sat on the edge of the bed and I said, okay, Lord, if this is what you want us to do, then we'll do it. So John and I, then uh, we made a plan and uh, we got started on it. And, you know, we were already doing some preschool kind of things with her. So it, it wasn't a huge change at that point. And because she and her sister, Leah and her sister are just a year and two days apart, Sarah always wanted to do everything that Leah did. So I basically had my first two students at that point. And, and it has worked out. It was the best decision that we have made. And we homeschooled all the way through high school with all four of them. Mm. Uh, we were involved in a variety of things along that journey. So, but it was, it was a good decision on his part. So are there any myths that you think you should dispel about homeschooling? Maybe even contrasting homeschooling then and homeschooling now, because it is very different and you've gone through a lot of years. Mm-hmm. So myths, probably the biggest one is the idea that you're just a mom, you can't do that. You're not a professional. Now, both John and I have education backgrounds, but I have to tell you that I usually will cringe a little bit when people will say, oh, you'll be, your kids will be fine. You'll be okay because you're a teacher already. But I know, and I have met so many moms who do not have an education background, and their kids are wonderful, godly young people. So that's not that that's not an end all for being able to educate your own kids. Um, and I wouldn't fall for that. It seems like, in my experience, it's sometimes the educated teachers that have the hardest time homeschooling because Mm -hmm. they have this certain paradigm that it has to be this way. And this is Mm -hmm. the only way that education looks. Mm -hmm. And so those of us who haven't been formally trained can just take a run at it a little easier. Not that a formally educated teacher cannot, but it's just, you know, it's just different. 
It is. And I, you know, I had to work at getting away from that very specific thing. Um, and I really valued going to um, homeschool conferences because it gave me a much bigger view of why we're doing what we're doing. And it's not a one size fits all. You can, you can make things work for your own family and not be tied into expectations of the educrats, as I call mm -hmm. them, you know, yeah. it's, uh, but, but it, it took me a little bit to get comfortable with that idea. And for John, it was even a little more so, but I always, I always envied the, the families who were not tied to a public school schedule you know, yeah. going on vacations in April instead of waiting until July or June or, you know, not being able to do a Christmas earlier in December as opposed to the two weeks that we had. But, it, you know, what, what am I going to do? I mean, that was his occupation. So we made it fit the best we can. And um, it was it was good. But I yeah, getting away from that training that we both received in college, it took a little bit of doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he worked for the education system, the public education system, right. which brings, it, it gives you perspective mm -hmm. because he was daily in the schools and he knew what was happening. If I remember right, he worked at a high school. Mm -hmm. So he, he really had firsthand knowledge of what it looked like inside mm -hmm. of the school, but yet you guys chose to home educate your children, which mm -hmm. that right there is a little bit of a testimony, but it also makes a challenge and, um, just a challenge, um, socially with fellow teachers and, mm -hmm. and all that. And then even within the homeschool community. So yeah, I imagine that was the calendar was one thing. There was other things too. Right. So it was always kind of interesting when we would visit with people, you know, if we went to a staff party for him, um, I would mentally gear myself up for questions that I knew would be asked once they discovered that we homeschooled the kids. We would get responses on both ends of the spectrum. John, how can you do that? you're a traitor to your profession or well done way to go. You know what you need to do for your own kids. You know, yeah. so, it, and that happened um, time and time again. And it was uh, always kind of fun. Uh, well, fun. I put in air quotes, you know, fun in that I knew that somebody was going to say something probably not very tactful to me but I would be ready for him. And it was like, okay, I got this. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always be ready to give yeah. a, an answer. Right. 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 Well, you've always had a heart to serve families. And I was thinking about this. I can't even remember if John's retired yet or not. You're officially retired from your kind of half in and half out. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you are not the kind of retired people who just take up hobbies and become reclusive and unto yourselves. And that's kind of what I think we're going to talk about today. 
you and I are kind of at a point in our lives where we could give some encouragement to other moms in our stage of life. The little ones are getting big and we're entering that empty nester. I mean, you're a little Mm -hmm. further in it, of Mm -hmm. course, but we're, we're in that stage uh, where we could completely just check out, but you have stepped into a role to continue ministering to families and moms in that education world. Mm -hmm. And so um, just to tell people what we're talking about, what are we talking about, Patty? So um, when our youngest finished his high school years, I did go back to work in as a uh, administrative assistant to a CEO of a manufacturing plant in Salem. I worked there for four years and uh, I learned a lot of lessons. You know, that was the first time in 20 some years that I had worked outside the home really. And I, it gave me a moment to pause and just step back and think, okay, do I really want to be doing this? And you know, the, the money was good. It was okay. Um, but it, it was not a, a time where I really excelled. Um, I learned a lot of what not to do as far as working with people and how to treat people. So I had an opportunity from Jefferson Baptist, where we attend church, to start teaching preschool. And I knew it was going to be a pay cut, but I'll tell you, it was the best decision that I made to go to the church and um, Jefferson Christian School in their preschool. And that's where it started. I, I came on staff here at 2015 and started with the preschool. And I graduated to kindergarten, which um, my grandkids were very happy for me. So, Grandma, you're in the same grade that I am. It's like, yes. <laughs> so, and from that, along with teaching preschool, um, there was a homeschool ministry at Jefferson Baptist uh, where the they met just once a week. When my kids were still in their high school years, they would hold classes twice a week for homeschool. So my kids would come down to the church and they would teach uh, speech and writing from Jean Krause. And then Pastor D was leading a leadership class for high school juniors and seniors. So that's what they did. And then the boys played basketball with the Christian school that was here. So those homeschool kids were still, were getting an opportunity to do three or four different classes. Well, when I started teaching the preschool and those classes were getting fuller and fuller and and people were wanting to add more to it. But Ms. Krause, who was ahead of all of that particular ministry, you know, she was working a thousand hours a week with the pastors as well as trying to do that. So I stepped in and and started helping her with that. And it has grown and and we have, this year we're serving about 50 families and 130 kids come once a week. And so we have a four period day and it's, when we stopped homeschooling, we continue, we knew that we wanted to support home education. So through Ocean Network and the, the Oregon Homeschool Conference, we helped out there. 
And it was a real blessing to me to, to see other homeschool families who, um, you know, they needed a community. They needed a, 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 a source of encouragement. And so when we come together on Tuesdays, there's a whole lot of talking amongst the moms and encouraging. And I can share with them, you know, I remember, I remember vividly going through what you're going through, but coming out the other end, you're going to be okay. God will pull you through and you need to keep on that path with your kids. Yeah. It's a real blessing to me to see them continue uh, to do what's best for their kids. I think that your family and anybody who has children who have grown and graduated from their homeschool, um, we kind of just by the fact that our children have grown up and gotten good jobs and become stable adults, well-adjusted, that is a testimony to the younger generation who is, is maybe wobbly in the knees and trying to decide that big question, am I going to ruin my children? You know, will they, <laughs> if they sleep in until 11 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. are they going to be able to wake up and mm-hmm. hold down a job as an adult? What have you found for your adult children? Um, you know, when they were in high school, we allowed them to help make their schedules and determine which direction they wanted to go. And probably the, I don't know, one of the biggest things is that we would tell them, whatever you do, you do it heartily as unto the Lord, not for man. You don't have to go to college. You know, that's an expectation that a lot of people feel um, is really pushed on them. And we told our kids, you don't have to. There are some benefits to that if your, your area of interest requires that. But being faithful in doing those little things, I think, help them to see that God will bless you and will give you bigger responsibilities. And, you know, goal setting comes uh, to be a part of that as well. It's like, okay, let's take a look at what we want to accomplish this year. What do you, where do you want to be in five years? And it's not to say it's set in cement, it'll change. It always does, but um, um, they need to be able to develop that futuristic thinking and not just sit in the here and now so that it will help move them forward. Yeah. So when you're out in the hallway at the, what do you call it? I can't remember what you call your the homeschool ministry, GBC homeschool electives ministry. That's yeah, right. I know it's kind of a mouthful, but it works. Okay. So you're standing at, in the hall, you're standing in the hall and there's a mom who is just overwhelmed. She's, she's got all the things to juggle and, and a big range of children, maybe, maybe a second grader up to a high schooler. Is there any word of encouragement you would give her besides just breathe? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Take a deep breath. I guess first off, I, I would want to just listen to what she's going through and let her say her piece, whatever that might look like 
and then ask some questions about not necessarily, have you tried this? Have you tried that? But offering, offering to pray for her, but helping to guide her into a direction that will, you know, from my perspective, would make things a little bit easier for her. Um, I don't always have that solution, you know, not knowing their families in depth. I don't always have that piece, but I can share with her things that I have experienced and how I solved a particular problem or how we worked through an issue. And not that it's going to happen overnight. You know, it takes time. And, and our kids are people and they have their own emotions. They have their own ideas, um, as, you know, especially as the kids get older. They, a lot of times, will know what they would like to do. So encouraging moms to help, just help guide them and to pray for their kids. I don't know. You know, sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in our day to day that we forget to pray for them yeah. individually. And it's, we get really busy. I, I get a little surprised at how busy homeschool moms are. Whoa. And then I look back, I think, was I that busy? And, you know, we selected different activities and we knew you guys when in debate. Um, yeah. And then we did music. So it's not like that we, we weren't busy, but yeah, there's so much more available for homeschool families now. That's true. Than what there used to be. So man, you, you know, they really got to pick and choose. And, and if it's, and it's okay to take a step back and, and not do some things, you know, if your schedule is so much where mom's pulling her hair out and, you know, she's a taxi cab driver, which I've been in that spot for a time, you know, you, you kind of go through seasons, but it's okay to say, you know, kids, we need to take a break. So we, we tend to think bigger is better. Give me all right. the things right. I want to yeah. do everything. I don't want my children to miss out. What right. if they had this opportunity when they were a child and I decided I wasn't going to take them there because I was just too tired. You know, what if that comes back later and holds them back in some way? And do I want to be responsible for that? So I better do all the things. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's like that saying good takes captive of the best. And sometimes mm -hmm. just slowing down and being selective and saying no to some things mm -hmm. is the best mm -hmm. choice. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I was thinking recently, I've always been a go, go, go person. I've always been like on wheels is what somebody says. You're just on wheels. And I'm really recognizing now, I don't know that I taught my children how to rest because mm -hmm. I never rested. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some value in mm -hmm. learning to say no and learning mm -hmm. to rest. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about being in the hall and just sharing that encouragement to a mom, I do remember, I think we can all go back and remember being that mom there in the hall who was in that feeling of just juggling it all and having so many things to do. When we were back in that stage, how much our hearts probably desired somebody to say, 
it's okay. And just take a step back, Mm -hmm. you know, go have a cup Mm -hmm. of tea. And, um, you know, we need those people in our lives. And I think Mm -hmm. like I alluded to before you and I are, are entering or in that next stage, um, where we could be those women. And I know there are some listening that are young moms that are hungry to hear that word, hungry to be mentored, to be encouraged Mm -hmm. and breathed into, but we also have those listening that are in the same stage. They have teenagers on up, or maybe they, all their children are out of the home. Now, I think one of the points of us meeting today was to encourage them to not leave the game, but to get in the game Mm -hmm. and to be one of those women that the other ones, you know, the ones that we wish we had when we Mm -hmm. were younger. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with my children being grown. um, It has given me opportunity to be in a ministry, which, you know, everything isn't going to be in a ministry, but this ministry provides community and encouragement to those who are currently home educating their kids. And I thoroughly enjoy being able to say, you can do this. You've got this, you know, remain faithful to the Lord above all else. Make sure that you are reading God's word on a daily basis, that you are praying together as a family, we need to be modeling that desired behavior um, and modeling the gospel in our homes. But we can also go outside of our homes when our kids are grown, and we can show that to other families, and we can help those moms along that path. And it's nice to be able to um, pray with them, to pray for them. And, um, you know, there's families in in some tough situations and and they're still trying to home educate their kids. And so I, I like being able to say, I will be praying for you on this and we'll do what we can to help you through it. So, and, and within our ministry here at the church, there is a real sense of community. Um, and, you know, with COVID, of course, that threw everything kind of out of whack. But homeschool families, I think, to a certain extent, didn't feel it quite as badly as other families. You know, educationally, we could still continue unless they were taking classes elsewhere. But that sense of community was still broken. So when we, when we were still meeting, that was super important for our families. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a privilege to be able to provide a safe place for them to come together and hash out some problems and exchange ideas. Yeah. Be a support and an encouragement to one another. I have a friend who, as her youngest approached that graduation, and she'd been homeschooling for, you know, a bunch of years. And she said, I have no idea what I'm going to do when this one graduates. What will I do with my time? I have been investing my time for years. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Mm-hmm. And I think- never call me. I've got some ideas. 
<laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I want to get those ideas. I want to hear them. Um, but what I think it comes down to also is we need our lives to have purpose. God created us to uh, not just now, okay, we should have ha- hobbies and we should have some downtime activities, right? But I don't think that I could sew or crochet or <laughs> scrapbook 40 hours a week. I just don't know, you know, even my creative brain would start to get tired, I think. And I can only go to coffee with friends so often or go do those things. And by doing what you're doing in this ministry at your church, you still live a life of purpose, even though, and I think that that somehow is the mental transition to, to, Hey, I've always been a mom. I'm an empty nester now. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I don't even know what that looks like. We are offering those people listening Mm -hmm. at that stage, Mm -hmm. a chance to say, Mm -hmm step up and speak to the lives of the younger women. They're hungry for it. They need it. They need you to engage. And I think God just designed that so well. So they need you and we need as older women that purpose. And I think God will reward that on both ends. I totally agree. Yep. So Getting involved, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be starting a ministry at your church, although that is one idea. Becoming a mentor for a, just a mom and her family and getting connected with her to help her through this homeschooling journey and be an encouragement to her as an individual and a person set aside from the homeschool aspect, because it takes a lot of commitment and faithfulness to educate your kids and and do it well. So connecting with one another is really important. Mm -hmm. When I started this podcast, a lot of people said, well, you're a homeschool mom. You've been doing this for a lot of years. You must be doing this podcast about homeschooling. And what I really, it came down to for me was no, uh, motherhood is the big umbrella of what I'm doing. Homeschooling is one portion Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. It's not the entire thing. And, and Mm -hmm. so it is obviously extremely interconnected the way we work in our home, our relationships with our children and the education, it it's so connected. I don't even know how we could separate it. Mm-hmm. But so when you said reaching out and just being a friend, communicating, living in community, it is so much more than the academics. And that's mm-hmm. what ministers to mm-hmm. our hearts. Mm-hmm. So there was is a mom in our ministry now. Um, she has two young children. And earlier this school year, I was checking on her and asking her how the kids are doing with their classes, how she's doing. Kids are having a blast. They're doing just fine. And she said, I finally got some time without my kids around. So we visited about that a little bit and it became a a real value of that was kind of her time. And she could talk to an adult, another mom and, and not necessarily about homeschool, you know, 
different <laughs> menus. What do you fix? You know, what, what's your favorite menu? Where do you go to relax? That, that kind of thing. Again, it's that sense of community. When I used to be a dental assistant, there was so much conversation that would happen in the back room where we were sterilizing the instruments. And I, I came to hear that the terminology of that was water cooler talk. And right. so, you know, when you are in the working world, there's time when you're not, you may be working, but you're talking about life. And right. those are the people that you're doing life with right. because you see them very regularly. And yeah. so that's what we're doing when we're yeah. meeting in the wings. Right. Okay. So as we wrap up, I am a little intrigued by the ministry that you do at your church. So if there's a woman listening who feels compelled to start a ministry like this for the young families in their church or their community, uh, maybe I know they're going to have to have a location, which is always a little mm -hmm. tricky. So that's mm -hmm. one component. So location aside, what would it take to start a ministry like this, how do you have to open a 501c3 and you have to hire teachers? Do you charge? Like, what does that look like logistically? So at Jefferson Baptist, our pastors are supportive of people who see a need and have a desire to meet that need by doing a particular ministry. And so if the logistics are there and you have leadership to lead the ministry, they are good with that. So what it, what it takes is if you have some folks in your congregation or, uh, you know, in your community, we, we tended to keep it in our congregation until our homeschool community uh, grew to an extent that we needed to have, you know, the moms helping to teach classes because we've got a lot of kids. But when you're starting small, um, you can offer just some fun classes. We had a woodworking class. We actually had a basic plumbing class a few years ago where a retired plumber came and he taught us a, a small class. I think there were maybe eight eight to 10 kids in that class. And he taught them the basics of household plumbing, but not just household plumbing, but he went into the whole water treatment plant thing. I mean, and we went on a field trip to the treatment plant here in Jefferson. It was really great. I mean, he had a sink and he had a toilet and the kids were learning the names of the tools. Anyway, Fun classes such as that. We've had a variety of art classes. So if any of your um, congregation has a passion for a particular type of art, have them teach an art class. I'll tell you what, homeschool moms will much rather go to another class outside of their homes to do craft arts and crafts than do it in their own home. You know, it, and the kids have a blast. It is well, fun. They enjoy doing those kinds of things. So especially the, if it has glitter, I tell yes. you, if it's glitter, it's not <laughs> happening in my, my house. It's uh, got to happen at the church. Uh huh. Okay. So you, you get my drift. You know, there's there's different kinds of classes. Um, we we've had calligraphy. Um, we've had knitting and crocheting. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. We've had some cooking classes in the past. 
Um, but if you have people within your congregation who have that a passion for a particular thing and they're wanting to share it, then help set up a, a class for that. You know, you have to work with your church as far as any insurance liability, you know, the scheduling, that sort of thing, making sure that you have cleanup in order so that you, you want to leave your building as clean as when it came in or cleaner. Yeah. So, you know, there's some household kinds of things that you need to take care of so that you have a good working relationship with your church. Yeah. Stewardship of right. that Absolutely. resource that you've been given. Yep. Mm-hmm. When you were explaining that, I was imagining what a blessing it would be to the retired people, or maybe even not retired in our community to go to them and say, you have a skill. Would you mind sharing that with these young people? And even picturing when we tithe, sometimes we tithe our money, but sometimes we tithe our time, right? The skills that we have and the skills that we've been given, Mm -hmm. we could hoard those and keep those to ourselves, or we could even offer those for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm -hmm. those are, you know, talents, the talents and skills, we could hide them or we could use them. And Mm -hmm. even going back to that word, you know, living with a purpose and giving somebody purpose, this is generational that those people that are in their elder years, or again, just maybe extra time on the weekends or extra time on a day off, they can live with that purpose and passing Mm -hmm. the baton to the next generation. And I think that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yep. We've enjoyed our time um, when we have people from our congregation come in and teach classes. They enjoy their time with their kids and in looking at, at the progress that they make through class. We break our year into three quarters, so September through the end of May. Not all the classes are year-long classes. You know, we've allowed people to say, I, I will teach for the first quarter or no, I'm gone, not going to be back or I'm headed south for that time, I'll be back in the spring, I'll teach, you know, during that time. So it varies and it, it gives some uh, a variety for the families too. Well, this has been a treat. I, I said that everybody was in for one and I think we delivered. So before we leave, I want to take a second to leave some resources and I will drop those links in the show notes. One is if you have enjoyed this conversation and you're not part of the Tending Fields Mom Group on Facebook, please come join us there. We, I, I love inviting, I, I'm sorry, uh, Patty, to say this, but I love inviting older women like you and I, right? <laughs> I love inviting us on there to be a source of encouragement to younger moms and other moms within our stage of life. And so that's one place to connect is over on Facebook. Of course, you can follow Tending Fields on Instagram. And also, I want to remind you that there are some amazing resources out there. If you are curious about homeschooling or you're in the journey and you just are looking for resources, the number one top place I want to tell you to go is HSLDA, and that is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And you can go in and put in your zip code, put in your state, and it's going to bring up 
a whole list of resources in your area, local places you can connect, support groups. You've got um, homeschool advocacy groups in your area. And if you need to connect and, and go to one of these homeschool conferences, just go to HSLDA, put in your info and connect. You will not be sorry that you did that. Now, the other one that Patty mentioned, and we've attended a lot of years is Ocean Network. And that's the Oregon Christian Education Association Network. And I'm going to link that below too, because even though I'm in Tennessee now, I've been an Oregonian for a lot of years. So make sure that you're finding a resource to just keep encouraging you. We've got the mechanics, logistic part of homeschooling, but the heart is huge. Without vision, people perish, right? Did I get that scripture right? Yep. So we just want to encourage you today. And Patty, if you wouldn't mind closing us out in a word of prayer, I would just love it. Okay. I would be honored to. Uh, Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you loved us enough to die for us. Thank you, Lord, for that salvation. Father, I thank you for the many families who are home educating their children. We thank you for our kids. They are a gift from you. Father, I just pray that you would give us the courage, the faithfulness to continue to teach them according to your word. I pray for these moms that you would strengthen them, that you would uphold them, that you would give them your wisdom as they not just lead their kids, but their families. And also, Lord, that they have community with one another, that they can be an encouragement to other people as well. So, Father, thank you again for loving us. Thank you for this time with Pam and the conversation we've had. And I just pray for those who are nearing empty nest part of life or maybe who are already there, that they would step out in faith and they would take that step to um, be a mentor and an encouragement to uh, younger moms. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to serve you in so many different ways. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here with us and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is not,